Hashtags, a Gartner Marketing and Communications podcast. Hi, everyone. I'm Dorian Kundik. Welcome to Hashtags, the Gartner Marketing and Communications podcast, where I sit down with some of our best thinkers to share practical tips and strategic insights to help you stay ahead of the curve and add value to your organization. Our topic for discussion today, putting the customer back in customer experience. The vast majority of marketers identified customer experience as a critical goal for 2023. Even so, they struggle to be truly customer-centric. If CMOs can course correct to put customers at the center, loyalty and advocacy will follow. My guest for today is Chad Storley, one of Gartner's leading experts in customer centricity. Chad, I'd love you to just introduce yourself and say hello for a moment. Yeah, good day, Dorian. It is great to be here today. My name is Chad Storley, and I'm an analyst here at Gartner within our customer experience practice, and I have over 20 years of experience as both a marketer and as a customer experience leader in a variety of industries. And a lifetime of experience as a customer, I'm guessing. So bringing all sorts of expertise to the conversation today. Uh, Chad, thanks so much for being here. Let's go ahead and just start with some perspective on how critical customer centricity is to product success. Uh, You, in fact, invoke a classic Seinfeld character when you frame this up for clients. Tell me about that a little bit. So one of the very best Seinfeld episodes is this character that's called the Soup Nazi. And for those that haven't seen it, the Soup Nazi is the absolute top of his game as a chef. He has perfect suits. He has perfect chili. He has the mulligatani, which is one of his absolute favorites. However, the Soup Nazi is absolutely impossible to do business with. You have to stand in line a special way. You have to move in the line a special way and you have to pay a special way. And so while the soup Nazi has great products, he has incredibly poor customer centricity, which ultimately leads him to fail in his business because no one can buy from him because no customer is ever good enough for his products. So basically, we don't want to frame our products in that way. We want to make them a little more accessible, even desirable in terms of experience. And I I think importantly, we want to think of what does the customer expect from us and how can we perform to those customer expectations? So uh, another example that that I'd like to help clients center themselves around customer centricity is within the airline industry. So 10 years ago or so before we had uh, extensive and powerful mobile applications, If you were flying and you experienced either a flight delay because of weather or a mechanical issue, everyone would have to disembark the plane. People would try to call the call center. People would try to find an airline employee so they could get rescheduled. And so the customer need here was everybody needed to be rescheduled off of that flight and customers needed that information immediately. And so what you had then was a very bad experience for customers. Everybody lined up. You had a very bad experience for the airline employees who were trying to get 
information to the customer. And then you had inefficient use of crews, inefficient use of aircraft, and it was just a really bad experience for employees and customers alike. And so fast forward 10 years, and now you have mobile applications that are super powerful that will, if there's a delay, reschedule everyone all at once. So airline crews get their information, the airframes know where they're going to go, and the customers are happy. And so this is really uh, a very good example of how a new appreciation of being centric to the customer's needs, getting everybody back on their trip at the same time, really transformed a customer experience, but also transformed an industry. So, you know, with that frame up, let's go ahead and back up and start looking at how marketers have been approaching this and how we're doing and where we maybe have some room for improvement. Um, You have some pretty clear data on this from the Gartner Marketing Survey that at this point, as we mentioned in the intro, the majority of Gartner marketing clients expect to be competing on the basis of customer experience right now. And that can be either really good for your brand or it could actually mean losing customers depending on your soup line, right? Uh, what are you seeing here? What we're seeing is that we have customers that have that are very strong in, they know they need to listen to the customers, the voice of customer listening. They're being very proactive about being creating personas, which are representations of customer needs. And then they're also creating journey maps, which is a process map-like document where you follow the customer through all their touch points to make sure it's going to be successful. But once they get to this point, they, they almost experience a feeling of frustration. It's like, okay, I've created the, the journey maps. What do I do next? And this is really the critical part of customer experience where we activate the insights. So we want to really understand. And so th- the key point that I emphasize to clients is go about this very, very simply. Look at your your customer needs and understand at at a critical touch point, where do I need to change how I'm doing a process in order to make that customer satisfied? One of the examples, uh, since I spent a lot of time in, in B2B industries, was the contracting process. And the contracting process was usually very lengthy, a lot of back and forth exchanging documents, lost versions. And it was bad for customers, but we never stopped to ask saying, how long do you expect this process to take? Is there a particular technology that would help us change versions? And this is really how organizations move towards customer centricity is by looking at those customer standards, in this case, contracting, and then changing their processes. So instead of taking a week or two week for a version exchange, you can get it done in a couple of days. So when organizations do this right, you'd mentioned this is really a net positive for them. But if they have trouble doing even just some of the basics, they can really get themselves into trouble quickly. Describe what that looks like. What what we see is in 
in industries that have a lot of similarities uh, of their offerings. So you can look at airlines, you can look at rental car companies, you can look at hotels, almost anything within transportation and tourism, and even in, in some areas of, of technology and manufacturing. It's that if we're making it difficult for the customer to do business with us, the customer will find another way which oftentimes can lead to a competitor. And this is the critical part of, of why clients are looking to, to compete on the basis of customer experience, because if our products and services are similar, then our customer experience can be a powerful differentiator for customers to choose us, continue to choose us, and then choose to, to grow with us. So that's, that's really the critical piece that organizations have to understand is that we need to think of how do we make it easier, faster, more efficient for when people do it, do business with us, because that will allow us to continue to grow and satisfy those customers. You know, you'd made a great point. I, th I think you said that a lot of times we can have pain points that build up throughout the customer journey if we're having trouble with some of those basics, and then we end up actually losing our customers. Tell me about where some of those pain points can hit and what some of those basics are that people need to have in place. One of the very classic pain points that you see is when organizations have to hand off the customer along the journey. So the, the sales team has, has completed the sale and then they're going to pass it into the operations team to get the customer stood up. And a lot of times what we see in this information at these periods is that the customer has given all their information to the sales team, but now when we're doing the new customer setup, all that information has to be re-given by the customer. So this is in Gartner, a concept that we call customer effort. And anytime you have a, an instance where the customer is having to do more, repeat information, slow down a process, it's going to lead to even a small bit of a lack of loyalty for that customer. So what we really wanna think of anytime we're handing off the customer, how can we bring information over to make it easier for the customer? How can we have a dedicated team that can stand customers up quickly so they can go ahead and start using your products and services? You talked a little bit ago about kind of doing this audit to see where some of those pain points might be and, and looking at all the customer touch points. We'll, we'll unpack that a little bit more in just a moment. But, you know, let's talk a little bit about where marketers tend to miss the mark on customer centricity. Uh, you point out that essentially the typical approach to gauging customer experience is inherently flawed because it tends to rely a little bit too much on sentiment. Tell me what you're seeing there. One of the challenges that that customers, when they have a voice of the customer program, they'll they'll look at what they believe are common points of customer friction. So I'm trying to get a, a pricing request. I'm trying to check on the status of an order to see if it's delayed. But when they do this, they're oftentimes using their own preconceived notions the customer can just go to our website or the customer can just check online. 
But what that leads us to is that we're assuming we understand what the customer expects. So when organizations then go through their surveys, they'll look at results that will say, I was disappointed, I was upset, this was great. But what we don't understand is what were those services that drove a happy customer and what were those circumstances that drove a disappointed customer. And this is the real, very, very important activation piece of customer centricity is that we need to precisely understand what's the customer's performance expectation at that particular stage of the journey and how did we not fail them. For for example, in, in a logistics situation with a lot of organizations have struggled with supply chain. If we know an order is going to be late, do we inform the customer on the day the order was due to say, hey, sorry, we're late, it's gonna be another week? Or do we inform them a week ahead of time to say, we know we have this as your original promise date, but it's going to be two days more. Is that okay or would you like to substitute? Because what we're doing now is we're transforming how we approach how we do our business based on what the customer's expectations are. And this is the real key part of customer centricity is that you're changing an organization, you're changing employees, how they do their jobs in order to meet those customer expectations at every stage of the customer journey. Is this something that, you know, really root causing and getting to the to the heart of those expectations rather than just going off of you know, survey results. Is this something that marketers don't realize? You talk to so many of them. Do they not realize realize they need to be digging deeper, or is it something where they take a step back and say, "And say this involves the whole organization. I don't have the resources or the influence to be able to do this, so it's just too big to tackle." Like, why aren't they already thinking of it in this more holistic way? I I think that there's a a couple of of reasons why why marketers don't do this the the first reason is as marketers as a general body have gotten very comfortable with reading surveys so the surveys come in we have Mm. really good technology to bring that in we can see if a customer is unhappy or not and then report that back but that's really not why we're here as 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 marketers We're really here as marketers to deeply understand customer needs and expectations. And so one of of the ways that I recommend to marketers to to get around this is go do customer interviews. Because with a customer interview, you can say, I see that you said you were upset at this point. Why were you upset? Well, I called and checked on my order two days ago. You said no problem. And now the day that it's due, you say it's going to be two weeks late. So you didn't give me the accurate information the first time. And what this really does is it transforms marketers' understanding of customer needs away from just sentiment saying, well, if the customer is going to be upset if it's late and we just kind of raise our hands and, and don't proceed forward with improvements. But if we say the customer understands things can be late, but they want to know immediately when there's a change in their shipment status, that is something something that we can then action and improve. 
Does that customer listening and going out and actually talking to customers, it, does that have to be a time-consuming and expensive uh, process? Or is there kind of the poor man's version of doing it, you know, through sampling? Like how, how intense does it need to be for them to feel confident that they're getting a really good perspective? What I recommend to clients is that they put together a standard interview guide of, of what customers are doing. And an interview guide should reflect the customer journey. It should identify which, who is the functional team inside the organization that owns it, as well as any key individuals. But then as you go through, you really want to understand what is the customer's expectation. For, for example, when we, when we look at the, the contracting process example, the customer may say, hey, you know what, I need, I'm doing a lot of different things. So when you drop a version to me, I need to see a text to say that the next, the next version. And so the process itself with technology might be fine, but we might not be communicating effectively based on that customer need. And so this is really where interviews have a power to fully understand those expectations. But you can start with a, a very small sample size, 30 different people that you're going through. And if you get a range of responses at, at the same touch point that is very similar, you really don't need to go beyond 30. You can say that's sufficient insight. And it's also going to be insight that you're going to get much more detail and actionable than just looking at a survey response. You know, I, I want to talk more about your point about um, in kind of involving the rest of the organization because it's in fact a, a team game, right? Um, you mentioned that you often hear marketing clients say something to the effect of, you know, well, we tried to be more customer centric and it didn't work. <laughs> but in your observation, they've just been a little bit too narrow in their approach, re- approach where they've only been looking at those customer issues rather than looking at other areas where there might be some red flags. Tell me about where else they should be looking in the organization to be able to get to the heart of what those problems are. The, one of the first areas I would start with is how ask the question, how am I engaging my employees to find customer solutions? Mm. So it, those frontline employees are really the most critical ones to bring along on a customer centricity journey. And they will often tell you, you know, for, for the logistics process, you're holding me that I have to send out everything, even if it's an incomplete shipment. And that's the standard that you're evaluating me by. But the customer would like us to send the complete shipment, even if they have to wait a little bit. So your, your employees oftentimes can give you this is how we need to perform versus how you're asking us to perform. And, and that's one of the, the great ways to, by changing to customer centricity, you can oftentimes re-energize and reignite your employees because now you're asking your employees to serve customers in the way that the customers want, as opposed to having them try to choose between two different standards of performance that will only dis, uh, disappoint others. One of the, the other ways that oftentimes uh, organizations can get back on track with, with their customer centricity is executives will come down and say, I really want you to focus on the customer today. 
it's very important that that we that we focus our customers and and we do what's right for the customer but if you're not giving customer the employees really clear precise information you're going to confuse the situation and really not help it at all so i would say executives if the way you can help is really support and fund research to discover those precise customer needs and then when performance standards need to be changed for employees we change them in favor of the customer that's really how the executive team can reinforce customer centricity because simply telling an employee to be more focused on the customer does not help the situation it's when we say hey pricing team we've heard from customers that they want their prices back within two days when they submit a uh, a bid proposal so we're gonna we're gonna bring in some new technology to help you price faster as well as get pricing contracts out and this will help you meet that two-day standard that's a great example of how executives help customer centricity so happier employees, happier customers. One could argue that being more customer-centric in this case is actually being more employee-centric. <laughs> um, I imagine that results in much higher engagement as well when they are happy in their jobs and feel like they are able to serve customers the way they know that those customers are, are requiring. Um, so you'd mentioned this, this red flag to look for of any complaints and feedback coming through your employees. Um, you had also mentioned keeping an eye out for quality issues, for budget overruns. Tell me about some of those signals that you maybe got a touch point that needs exploring. One of the the, the tools that, that I present to clients is really thinking about how can we fast start an organization's move towards customer centricity. And usually when a, a client starts, they'll start at the very first point in a journey map which um, is, is a natural tendency to say, I'm gonna start when I first touch the customer. What I recommend clients do is to lay out their customer complaints along the journey map. And as they do that, lay out where do they have employee complaints, where do they have budget issues, and mm. then where do they have quality issues, and lay all these out along their standard journey map. And what the organization is looking for is where are places that I have customer, employee, budget, and process issues all at the same place. Because that is going to be an ideal place to start your customer centricity work. Because when you have success, then you've improved employee experience, you've improved it for the customer experience, you've affected your budget issues, and then you've also have better quality. And that is really the, the best fast start for, for organizations to get along customer centricity because everybody knows where the problems are, but if you can go and improve four areas uh, plus do, while simultaneously doing things for your customers, that will win you great internal advocates that will help expand the program throughout the organization. You know, and, and to that point, does the marketing team generally have the expertise for this type of broader diagnosis, or are they playing more of a strategic role to kind of gather the right people in and then rely on other teams to kind of help problem solve that? The primary role of the of the 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 marketing team as as we go through this is to understand where are their customer issues and how does the customer 
define success at that particular touch point on the journey. And then the marketing team has to communicate that clearly to the functional to the functional area. So for example, we talked about the the pricing process. So some organizations marketing owns pricing, some it doesn't. And and the mar- the marketing team here is really saying our customers expect it back in 2 days, but only 40% of the time are we getting it back in 2 days. How do we change that 40 to 80, 80 to 100%? And then the marketing team steps back and lets that pricing team determine this is the best way to meet that expectation. And then the the marketing team then monitors how we're doing with that as well as collecting customer feedback and business results that then support the investment to to change that process from being a traditional process to more customer centric. Yeah. So again, adding that value, kind of the eyes and ears of the organization and bringing, surfacing the right things to the right people to be able to then uh, problem solve. And I I love your point about this is such an opportunity to create value. Um, I wanted to look for just a moment at customer expectations specifically. Um, You've just had so many conversations around this over the years, and you have a pretty good perspective on how customer expectations trend over time. Uh, What do you see shifting right now in terms of those customer expectations? The, The biggest trend I see in customer expectations is that customer expectations are never static. They are always improving and that they are always changing. And this is this is this is occasionally a point of frustration that a client will have to say, well, we we changed this process and we understood that it was supposed to be three days and we were only doing that 10% of the time and now we're doing 30. But we haven't seen any improvement in our our survey scores. And that's really because the entire industry is simultaneously improving at the same rate. So customer experience is really one of these ongoing initiatives that has to be always on, always listening to customer expectations, always trying to understand how those expectations may be changing. And a a lot of times organizations can think, well, if I just do this, then customer experience will be done. And customer experience is never done. And that, that I think is one of the dominant trends. One of the other trends I, I see is a lot of times organizations will say, well, I've identified this problem and I'm going to look at this technology. And I really recommend clients put a firm stop to that and fully understand Mm. what's the customer expectation, is the customer expectation changing, and then find a technology that can deliver to that precise customer need. Because you might put in uh, a, a technology that wouldn't change a process. If we go back to the example from the beginning where we talked about the the airline rescheduling process, and their recommended idea for improvement was to get more IVR for when people hit the call center. That is going to be expensive, but it's not going to improve the customer experience. It's going to probably leave customers more frustrated. So 
technology spends are, are really strategic and vital for organizations, but they have to be built around a firm understanding of what the customer needs and expects. You know, going to your point about the pace of change and customer expectations always e- evolving, um, you had pointed out that there's there's a little bit of this pressure to keep up as well, that if one organization improves a certain capability, like they have a, a great feature in an app, then consumers expect it of everybody else. Uh, how do marketers deal with this pressure? Is this just, yeah, you're on 24-7, don't fall behind? Is there any secret to keeping up? I, I imagine there's a lot of copycatting and a lot of pressure to be able to keep up when every when customers expect everybody to have the newest thing, regardless of who has the newest thing. What I recommend to marketers is don't go and benchmark your competitors because we we receive a lot of questions around how do I benchmark so and so who's the best at this point and that's really not the question or the information that gives hmm. you the answer to improve customer experience so what I recommend is I I recommend clients go back and say all right I want you to go back and find your best customers 30 of your best customers and walk through their journey how fast do you get them their prices? How fast do you respond to any contact center? What are their on-time delivery rates, their delivery rates for products that are on time or in full? And I want you to really understand how well you do that journey for those key customers. Then I want you to go back and I want you to look at your second to lowest tier of customers. How is your service to that second tier versus that best tier, better or worse. And if you find an area where if if one of our best customers is delayed, we send them a credit, we do express shipping, but then nobody contacts the the lowest tier customer, then that's gonna be a critical area for you to focus on. So for organizations, focus on a compare contrast between how you serve your best customers and how you serve your rest and where it's different, that's gonna be your three to four things to focus on as opposed to trialing to, to boil the CX ocean focus on those three to four things that are different between your best customers and and that lower tier. And that's going to give you the guidance to improve. Um, If if you could just give a couple pieces of advice to marketers about uh, being more customer centric with that customer experience, what would that advice be? My first piece of advice, don't try to be perfect right out the door. And a lot of times organizations think we need to do another research study, we we need to do this. And if you start with, I'm going to ask 30 people how I'm doing at these stages of the journey and, and isolate that down to their expectations, that is enough to get started. And you can really then improve your customer centricity within a week or two weeks as opposed to waiting six months. So there'll never be a perfect time. There's always going to be budget challenges. There's always going to be goals. But by listening to customers to understand their expectations and to determine those key expectations and then start acting on those, that's really how marketers can can get back. So I would I would be 
much more directive in telling marketers, just go for it. Just go for it. If you've got a bad process, you're probably there's not much you can do to make it worse, but there's a lot you can do to make it better. <laughs> so just have that have that enthusiasm and go out and do it. The 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 second piece that I would really focus on is really leverage your frontline customers. They see how their processes are every day to customers. They interact with customers. They know their expectations. That that is really a unused source of understanding customer expectations as well as getting their ideas to improve. Uh, oftentimes, we organizations do lots of employee surveys about how do you how do you like to work here? Do you do you feel valued? Those are great, but we don't see enough surveys of employees saying, how can we make your job better to serve the customer? How is it different between how we ask you to serve the customer versus what the customer wants? These are really readily available sources of information that can really jumpstart your customer centricity initiatives today. You know, you had made what I thought was such an important point that really focusing on customer experience in this way can be really reinvigorating. One of the the areas that when when we talk to clients about looking at how is your organization creating value through through customer experience, that that a lot of times leads some some hand wringing and some some blank faces because it's a difficult and and I really instruct organizations to think about three different ways to to determine how they get value from customer experience. So the first one would be looking at looking at your your company's retention rates of customers, your growth rates of retained customers, how likely are customers to use your different digital platforms as well as how likely are they to recommend and and post positive on social media. So that's a pure financial way to do it. The second way I recommend customers is by understanding the customer performance expectations. You can say, when we first started our customer centricity project around new customer setup, it was taking us 45 minutes to set up a customer. We have now reduced that to 10 minutes. So we've saved customers 35 minutes and we've done it this this many times. Then the third way is really getting those voice of customer comments out and into the organization. One of the opportunities that organizations miss is that when they're recognizing specific teams and employees who have really delivered good customer experience, they don't oftentimes really show the back part of that process that Mm -hmm. really led to those improvements or how those improvements became consistent. For example, the, the organization that improved their contracting process. What did they do? What technology that they put in place? How did they understand the customer needs? And this is really the exciting part because it's it's vitally important to recognize employees, but it's equally as vital to recognize those improvement processes where they change something to be more customer centric because that really is the example that the customer 
that the organization wants because by changing the organization and aligning it to those customer requirements at every important touch point, that's how you get customer experience excellent through the end-to-end -end customer journey. For me, it's reinvigorating for employees because every employee dislikes to be held to a performance standard that doesn't reflect those what those customer needs are on a day-to-day -day basis. That can be a very, very draining process where you're, you're held to a standard that doesn't reflect those customers that you meet with on a day-to-day -day basis. And so by changing that, that re reinvigorates organizations, especially on the front line where, where we need it most today, to say, I'm changing how I do my work based on what your expectations are for me. And, and I think, and there's the, the famous example from the, um, from Zappos with Tony Shea, where he had the, the contact center employee that stayed on the phone 12 hours with the customer, just talking through options, because that was, uh, what that customer needed at that point to be successful. I love that. Thank you. What what can Gartner clients specifically uh, look forward to in terms of support on this over the next several months? My first recommendation for for Gartner clients is is the best way to get all of this information quickly is is the the twenty twenty three Gartner Marketing Symposium uh, that, that's that's being held in Denver in May. That's really where you want to go and talk to experts in customer experience, customer journey orchestration, customer communications, because that is going to give you really all the experts that you want to talk to at one place to, to get going. The, the, the second piece is really use your discussions with, with Gartner analysts as an ongoing guide or a work project to say this is this is where we are within our customer journey can you help us understand where we should initially focus and then as you discover focus areas can you help us understand a process where we can interview our clients to help them understand specifically what they're looking for and this is really the strength of a gartner relationship in that the analysts, in addition to the research, really serve as critical touch points within a project, as opposed to, I'm going to call this person once a year and that's it. You know, just really use the, the Gartner analyst as someone to shepherd you through all those critical points in the project. All right. Chad Storley, thank you so much for joining us today and sharing your expertise. And thanks to all of you for joining us on Hashtags. We'll hope to see you on a future episode. Have a great day. Please subscribe and share the episode with your colleagues. Thank you for listening. Gartner Podcasts are a production of Gartner, the world's leading research and advisory company, equipping executives across the enterprise with indispensable insight, advice, and tools to achieve their mission-critical priorities. You can learn more at Gartner.com. All content in Gartner Podcasts is owned by Gartner and cannot be repurposed or reproduced without Gartner's consent. Gartner is an impartial, independent analyst of business and technology.
This content should not be construed as a Gartner endorsement of any enterprise's product or services. All content provided by other speakers is expressly the views of those speakers and their organizations.